Hey everyone, welcome to the Million Dollar Style Show. I am your host, Annie Francesca, the Reinvention Ascension Stylist. And today I'm super excited because I have a very special guest with me, Jane Johnson. She's a top selling realtor in Victoria, BC. She also sold my condo for me in 2015. And now that I'm buying a house at this stage in my life, I have never appreciated her skills and her ability more than I do now. So Jane, it's such a pleasure to have you on the Million Dollar Style Show. Thanks for being here. No problem. My pleasure. I didn't realize, was it six years ago already? I know. It's so hard to believe. Holy smokes. Yeah. So what I love so much about your ability as a realtor was just how you ask the right questions. You don't say this can't be done. You, you are a can-do person. And instead of seeing limitations, you see possibilities. And that's exactly what I needed from, from you at the time when I was selling my condo, because I, I needed to sell it in less than a month and a half. It was an impossible situation at the time, but thanks to you, it unfolded so smoothly. Yeah. And we had, um, I remember, so you were operating it as an Airbnb mm -hmm. as well. and so there were questions around the GST and we had to come up with a creative solution for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, real estate is really about the will of the people. If somebody wants a transaction to go through, mm -hmm. they will make it happen. Yeah. Well, that's good to know because as we're navigating these times and you know, so many people are buying homes or selling homes at this time. What you just said is so valuable, right? Because there's so many more obstacles today than there ever have been in the past. And I'm sure that's what you're experiencing in this market as well. Well, there's also like, aside from what we encountered, now there's been more taxes implemented for people who don't own properties full time. There's also been um, issues with uh, stress tests. So what the qualification rates are for people, they've gone up and it's just, um, I find it, you really, you're managing people's expectations when you're helping somebody buy or sell. And so getting them to understand that if uh, that's Ginger. Hi, Ginger. <laughs> getting them to understand for instance like um that i'm not going to take them out to go look at homes until they're financially qualified because it will just take them through an emotional roller coaster and they they think they're ready but if they don't have money then it's kind of like uh take them to a candy shop and telling them you can look but you can't buy anything mm -hmm. and they uh they'll just get frustrated so um, and then on the sales side now, especially with negotiating, helping people determine what the strategy is. Do we list low to get more offers or do we list high and negotiate down? And both have their merits. The market's shifting right now. So I have to explain this to people that you can't just ask what you want. Okay. Can you explain a little bit more about that? So for instance, in, we had a list sale ratio of one to 1 1.2. 
So every for every listing that was selling, 1.2 homes, um, every listing that was listed, 1.2 homes were selling. So that means the inventory was going down. So imagine if you're fishing in the sea and you have like only 100 babies born a year and that you're fishing 120 fish a year, your inventory of fish is going to go down. Same thing with houses. So we were overselling. And so what happened was it would go on the market and it would be sold, 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 mm -hmm. sold. And people are looking at list price, first of all, and they think that's sale price. And then they were discovering that the list price was here and the sale price was here. So because of low inventory, the prices went up dramatically 20%. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what's happening now is that there is fatigue. And I think it's on two fronts. One is buyer fatigue. Mm -hmm. People don't want to enter into multiple offers and realtor fatigue. Realtors don't want to write offers that aren't going anywhere. Mm. So then what's happened now is uh, I had a property that I listed and we priced it to get multiple offers. Hi, Ginger. <laughs> okay, thanks to Ginger. He uh, diverted you just for a little bit. Come to life, realtor. I mean, really, you have to be responsive. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, anyway. So you were saying about buyer fatigue, seller fatigue. Realtor fatigue. Real, realtor fatigue. Yeah, so I think when realtor fatigue happens is when you don't get excited at a sale, that you affected a sale for a client, that's when you know you're burnt out. Mm -hmm. And uh, for buyers, you know, somebody told me they were writing 20, 20 offers before they got an accepted offer. And I'm like, uh, I have really worked to strategize with my clients. I create a little video on how to get an accepted offer. And I send it to them before we write so that they're prepared. And so they come into the meeting with me when we write the offer, like they got all, they've got all the guns blazing. Yeah. That's so, perfect. Yeah. So off, I don't think I've, I'm trying to think, I think the most offers I've written this past year for a client is three. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm it's 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 uh just getting them prepared so that they go in we have a pricing strategy like this is your 50 percent chance of getting it mm -hmm. your 75 percent chance and this is your 95 percent chance and so which offer do you want to go in with and they uh they make the decision so it's up to them that's a great strategy i haven't worked with a realtor that had that strategy before yeah. Is the market hot where you are? It's super hot. I think it's super hot everywhere. Wouldn't you say that's that's the case? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And yeah. what do you think that is like what is the attributing cause for that? Um, I think last year, so we were starting to rev up February. I remember thinking that it was gonna be a good year, a year and a half ago. And actually I was saying to my husband, let's buy another property before things really heat up. Mm -hmm. And so we bought a, a recreational property that closed the day of COVID. 
Wow. <laughs> wow. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I was afraid that nobody was going to want to rent it. It's a, it's a condo on a lake. And anyway, so what happened was there was a shift. People's focused more locally, obviously. Mm-hmm. The condo market, all the Airbnb um, stopped totally. Nobody was allowing anybody in that wasn't in there. Mm-hmm. Some short-term rent- rentals turned into long-term rentals with people. Uh, tourism totally stopped. So there was no money coming into the city. Um, and then people started to think, okay, well, I'm going to get rid of my condos. So that market really went down, went down, uh, like the whole market went down 55% over two months. Hmm. Condo prices went down 15%. Housing prices went down 10%. And then two months later, everybody shifted and uh, I would say in, it kind of peaked in June, things started to like really ramp up and they started to look for bigger homes. So now they're going, okay, well, instead of minimizing my lifestyle and traveling everywhere, what I'm going to do is I'm going to enjoy my lifestyle in Victoria or around the world. And I'm going to really like hunker down. And apparently a lot of people saved money too. So they started spending money on things like renovating their home and adding uh, things that would bring them joy at home. So like things like, um, I remember reading, uh, well, I don't know if you can see, but I have a telescope. People, telescope sales went up (laughs) (laughs) because people started watching the stars uh, and just everybody's lifestyle changed. Gardening Mm -hmm. took off and uh, and then housing took off. And um, I think a lot of people, because they wanted to bubble, they started to move in together, bigger family groups moving mm-hmm. in together. So houses in where I live, which are tend to be big homes um, that didn't normally sell in a regular market have really done well because people have a place to get away from in their house and still be safe. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, what I noticed here is there are, houses that have like 19 20 rooms in total and they're up for for market as well and everything's going very very quickly so the bigger homes you mean Mm -hmm. yeah 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 and I think people just need to like have space to go in their house Mm -hmm. so true yeah one thing I was curious about is you know when the pandemic hit and everyone started to wear loungewear and pajamas while working from home. What kind of things did you notice in the real estate market, you know, like with your peers and your colleagues? How did, how did that affect? Um, um, a lot of us talked about, I'm just looking to see if I have one here, um, how we were going to continue, what we were going to do. We had to continue because real estate was considered an essential service. Um, If I talk about it in terms of personality styles, the high blueprint people who are very controlled and like process and systems and doing things the same way, were just totally blindsided by uh, the fact that there was change and that they couldn't do things the same way that all of a sudden, you know, you had had to do, um, video meetings with clients, it just totally uh, catapulted real estate 
20 years into the future. Yeah. And, and realtors who are paper-based are starting to do things like, you know, DocuSign listings to their clients. So everything became virtual. So in terms of what we were wearing, uh, I think we were allowed to relax a little bit because we didn't have to be in front of people all the time. Plus everybody was working from home. So they were relaxed. So I think in general, well, Victoria is pretty relaxed anyway. Mm -hmm. I wore this top the other day and, you know, nobody batted an eyeball. So <laughs> I'm, I'm maybe the wrong person to talk to about real estate, but oh, I did stuff at the beginning too. Like I uh, went to a lot of local businesses and started to promote them, including a mask maker. Okay. You no. Know, What's on the mask? Lighthouses? And yeah. Nice. West Coast themed. Right. This is um, a Race Rocks lighthouse. But uh, so first of all, we were looking to adapt, doing virtual open houses, videotaping um, buyers showings. So we would go to the house and do a video review. Then we would um, do all the contracts virtually. Mm-hmm. So so that really changed. I think it really made us realize that the relationship. Um, piece of meeting people at open houses didn't have to happen. I'm sure that some people will go back to that, but also we began to realize that maybe the focus is more on the, uh, the trust factor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so when you talk about dressing, what uh, people look at, I think, when they see people in clothing is they're determining whether or not they can trust that person to do business with them. Yeah. Yeah. Credibility, know, like, and trust, right? And it's a way of communicating your personality, your brand style, even before you speak a word. Yeah. So I'm known for being a little more casual than most realtors. Yeah. (laughs) and And I'm also smart (laughs) and so was it a was it a relief then for you during the pandemic to to just say well everyone's wearing pajamas here we go (laughs) right well I did a um I did a podcast called community talks every afternoon Mm -hmm. and I would dress up for that podcast like I would wear nice clothes and I made sure I wear wore something professional and I would meet with entrepreneurs on Zoom every day at four. And so that really uh, kept me focused. I think if I hadn't have done that, if I hadn't have met people professionally, I probably would have been in my pajamas. Yes, but I was, uh, I think there's two factors. One is you don't have to be in front of people. And the second thing was everybody was eating way more. And so mm-hmm. a lot of clothing didn't fit me. (laughs) Yes. And that is also an important point because when we lose touch with clothes that, um, you know, let, okay, let's say you're going to an important networking event like e-women, you and I were both part of that. And it's not a virtual event, but it's a physical event. And it's, it's something that you prepare for you, 
you maybe bought a nice dress, some earrings, some shoes, handbag. And when you regu regularly wear clothes that make you feel confident and, and um, really make you feel like you're, you're owning your personality and you stop wearing clothes like that, you, you lose touch with your body, with the shape and the size of your body. Because when you're wearing pajamas or loungewear or something comfy, your, your body is really expanding into, you know, looser clothes. And, and then you go back and you try on that dress again and you go, oh, I don't think it's working anymore. <laughs> right? Yeah, I looked at my closet longingly the other day. <laughs> and what was it saying to you? I need to lose weight. I, because the clothes are still, I tend to wear, um, I'm going to sneeze. I tend to wear Frank Lyman and Joseph Ribkoff, which are casual flowing clothes with structure. Yeah. Sounds like an oxymoron, but it's true. And it just suits my body to have something a little more flowy on that, you know, the fact that I have shoulders is not a bad thing and great shoulders so so yeah looking at those i was like i need to i need to get that 20 pounds off i'm looking right at my closet right now oh, are you <laughs> okay Virtually. what else is it saying to you jane um uh, well i can see where i've made bad decisions in the past about wardrobe you know where um when i was the managing director of Women network i would let um, one of the stylists dressed me and her style and my style are totally different. It took me a long time to figure out my own style. And, um, and I realized, uh, when I found Frank Lyman and Joseph Ribkoff and clothing like that, that, okay, it's a little bit funky. It's a little off center and it's a kind of alternative dressy. That is my style. Mm -hmm. yeah you look it, amazing in those dresses yeah and but what was funny was um so obviously I got a lot of clientele from being the managing director and then I'd show up wearing something more casual and they'd be like oh because the first time they met me I looked so formal mm. but you mean, anyway. as, a, as a realtor is what you're talking about yeah first time you show up as a realtor yes because as a realtor, so the other day I was um, in Sydney and we were walking a property with another realtor and she was wearing these four inch spiky heels. We we're walking through a field and I'm like, I don't know how you can walk in those. And she goes, they make me feel good. I said, well, that's good. But I'd be, I was wearing flats because the ground was uneven and I yeah. thought she was going to break a leg literally, but <laughs> So it's like, it's functional. I, I think you have to be functional and presentable. Um, like yesterday, I signed a listing for a one and a half million dollar house. So I showed up looking nice, you know, cause I know that they know. And then when I go into the closet, I saw the Louis Vuitton purse mm -hmm. and um, all the accoutrements, like the Harry Rosen uh, clothing bags. Yeah. And she's, she's kept them all there for a purpose yeah. um, because 
they're important to her. And so um, I didn't comment on them until later on. She said, you know, I could have bought a $2 million house if I didn't spend all this money. And I said, yeah, I was admiring your Louis Vuitton purse, you know? Yeah. So she appreciated that I acknowledged it. Well, and to that point about your million dollar client or two, four, six million dollar client, they're literally everywhere. Like you could potentially meet them in the grocery store, at the bank, right? So um, I'm just curious if you and your team have noticed that there's a shift in, in um, well, like when you shift the way you present yourself, if there's a shift in your energy or your motivation or even how you connect with clients, let's say, because of, of dressing down due to the pandemic. Yeah, I definitely feel better when I'm dressed up. My assistant is working from home and I would say she's more casual than she used to be. She would dress up more for work, for sure. Yeah. Um, and mostly I noticed, I'd like I only see her from here up. So I see it in her hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, definitely. It's funny you say that I never really made the connection, um, but I tell that with people when they sell their homes. Like if you believe your home, if you believe in the value of your home, yeah. then then when we go to sell it, like that's a really important thing. And if you believe your home's going to sell, people pick up on that energy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've had to do, I'm not a big part of the WooHoo crew as, as you know, but I, you know, I do believe that there is positive and negative energy and Okay, so maybe I am a part of the woohoo crew. <laughs> I think you are. But like, uh, I actually had to do a crystal ceremony with one of my clients because I yeah. said, you need to let go of your ex-husband, your, your husband who passed away. You're holding on to this place because you're holding on to him. And if you want to stay here, that's good. But if you want to leave and you want to move on, we need to let him go. Are you ready to let him go? And she said, yes. And so then after a year and a half, her place sold. Wow. Wow. That's beautiful because not only is she holding on to the place, but his energy is, is stuck in there and people will pick up on that energy, right? Yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. I had a client who would um, stay in his car. I've had it a few times where they stay in the car across the road. And I said, you know, people feel that they feel that you're watching them when you're, when you're watching them. And the whole thing now with cameras and, and professionalism, you know, you are on, you just better believe you're on camera 24 hours a day. And so when you go into somebody's house, they're watching you just assume that. And you're lucky if they're not. Yeah. So, but I always, okay. Okay. I always show up professional the first time I meet somebody yeah mostly yeah <laughs> well okay so I'm wearing a dress right now that I could potentially put on a hat like a, a little a little newsboy cap and a sweater put on runners and I can go walking in the woods right mm. so there's things that you can wear well wait let me back up. And then I could put on earrings and high heels and the handbag 
and if networking events were were on right now, I could go to one and 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 show up like that, right? So there's clothes that you can have where you can just make simple changes and you know you can do a multiple range of activities in those clothes. Yeah. Do you know um there's a store or a woman in um, England who I think she was a model. I don't even know her name, but now they have a show about her and she, she'll like put on lipstick and then put it on her cheeks and a little bit here. And then she'll take a dress and cut it off and then pair it with a pair of pants. And like, that's totally true. I totally can see that okay. you can repurpose your clothing. Yeah. Totally. Is that Trini Whittle? Yes. What not to wear. I just love her. Just love going into her closets. <laughs> she's got some fabulous stuff, doesn't she? Yeah. And I think, I think she's really practical and she's not, um, she demystifies the whole process. Yeah. It doesn't have to be complicated. Like, um, here, I'll show you. One of my friends gave me these earrings, which I don't think are my kind of earrings. But one day I'm going to wear them when, and I'm going to tell her. She just sees me more as a long earring person. Yeah. Yeah. So it's way more dressy, eh? Those are fabulous. Fabulous. Mm -hmm. And you, what were you going to say? Do you like them? Do you not like them? Well, I see I'm very low maintenance. So I wouldn't wear them because I'd be afraid when I went rowing, <laughs> I would tear my ear out. So a lot of what I do is just minimal energy expenditure. That's, yeah. Well, okay, let me show you then. So I used to be a minimalist and then I came to realize I'm not a minimalist at all. I don't think you're a minimalist. This is what I love. Oh my God. And I got them for $5 at a vintage sale in San Diego. And um, yeah, again, the dress could be cocktail party in London, but you take this off, you take this off, you put on a hat and a sweater runners and it's a whole different, it's a whole different vibe. Yep. Yep. But you're yeah, still and I, comfortable and you're feeling like you're expressing yourself, right? Yeah. For me, um, I think fabric is really important, the mm -hmm. comfort of the fabric. So it has to flow. I realized, so when I first got into business, I was wearing jackets and, um, yes. and I realized like they're too constricting on me. So I can wear a jacket with a flexible fabric, like a Lululemon sweater. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or or like a, a Joseph Ribkoff type jacket. Yeah. 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 Um, so then would you say, like to sum up, would you say you've noticed then a change in people's motivation around you know, dressing casually, 
because let's face it, it does affect us if we wear something really casual that we don't feel like amazing in it, you know, or super confident, as opposed to wearing something that makes you feel like a million bucks. Definitely. And I would say, so where I noticed this once, I have this beautiful red dress that I actually had trimmed, uh, uh, shortened. And, um, and I went to the union club in Victoria mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I was getting all of this attention yeah. and I, and I realized I'm not like a big attention person, <laughs> <laughs> but I realized that uh, how they were perceiving me was different because of the way I was being, I was presenting myself. So definitely, uh, you know, it's very important. I think when we get back to face-to-face, I think that that, uh, professional look will come back but maybe more uh I would say like you're in a perfect kind of fashion capital of Montreal area and you know people are really fashion conscious they they have nice glasses they they care really about what they look like west coast people are more about comfort and and um practicality and um I think also like there's more seasons, there's seasonal wear where you are, whereas, you know, we don't buy a lot of winter stuff here on the West Coast, but I think that, uh, so the, the move, I'm not saying this very, I think there will be more people dressing more professionally as we go back face to face. Yeah. There and, will be pushback, I think, but there, there will be. And what I would love to see is instead of this boring cookie cutter, rigid uh, dress code of dressing professionally is where we're, we're expressing ourselves and using that to highlight ourselves as our own personal brand. And because of that, we make more of a instant heartfelt connection with people. And, and also at the same, at the same time, repelling those that you know, we'll look at you and go, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know about you, you know, but that's okay because you're, you're basically like separating the wheat from the chaff, right? You're, you're instantly connecting with people who are your ideal clients and you're instantly at the same time, repelling people that are not for you at all. So I do a lot of marketing and I do that in Mm -hmm. words and images. Cool. So I focus, I do a lot of training, professional training for realtors on that to, to bring in your ideal client through your use of words. So you're a high nurturing type person and you're, you're going to attract people who are high nurturing and, but you're also going to turn off people who are very analytical and factual because, mm-hmm. and you won't like working with those people because you'd be like, just go with the flow. And they'll be like, this doesn't feel good to me. <laughs> <laughs> I need rigid rules. <laughs> you know, like for you, probably a difficult client is somebody who says, okay, well, just tell me what to wear. Exactly. <laughs> to be honest, Jane, I've never had a difficult client because the process that I, I use, um, I I help people to go into their intuition and 
I'm guiding them through their intuition and they, they come up with the ahas. So just for an example, I've, I once did a, I once did a networking event in a consignment store for a group of women and none of them knew each other. And they were all kind of awkward and you know what that's like, even networking events period can be awkward. Yeah. And in a clothing store, it was that times 10 because they weren't shoppers either. And then I led them through a closed eye exercise. And once, once I invited them to start shopping after that closed eye exercise, they were literally bursting out of change rooms going, oh my gosh, I look so freaking amazing right now. And they were just pulling out pieces that they would have never thought to wear, but just instinctively pulling them out. And they all left with bags of clothing. And the really cool thing was when I touched in with them about a year later, in the middle of a pandemic, they're still wearing things like fur and bright high heels and cocktail dresses. And they're still talking about what an impact that made on them and, and really wearing those clothes because they connected with them so much. Yeah, maybe they weren't, maybe what you did was you allowed them to get in touch with their intuition so that they weren't yeah. constrained by society. Yeah, yeah, because this dress code that we had in the past and we're still navigating our way around it, the dress code doesn't serve us. We're yeah. not We're not cookie cutter whereby we all wear, you know, a gray suit with, you know, a pinstripe blouse and black accessories. That's, yeah. that's a straight jacket. Well, it's, so in my 20s, when I um, finished university and I wanted to get a, a real job, I felt like I had to go to the Bay and get my white shirts and my black pants. And I was a secretary in my dad's office and in a law firm and, you know, and then I got more comfortable and I started buying more casual things. And the office manager was like, Jane, you're, you're just kind of casual. I'm like, why? <laughs> How am I casual? How am I more casual? And it was really just a fabric that yeah. was a little softer. And uh, it was just um, a little more giving and um, and then I, I like, I just started to realize, okay, well, this is my style. This is my comfort level. This is where I am in my, if, if I'm going to be working eight hours, I have to be comfortable. I have to be who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's energy, right? It, it translates, it speaks through your energy. When you match your style with, with your your soul essence and the, the energy of success. That's a, that's, um, that's what you're seeking as a professional. There was a guy the other day who, um, he posted help. I need help. I went to Moore's or something like some jacket store and he goes, I'm getting photos done, photo shoot done tomorrow. And we want them to look really professional. And I asked, I went and asked for help. And I wanted to talk to a stylist so they could help me choose my clothes. 
and he had such a hard time. And, and uh, so I messaged him and I said, you know, I know somebody who can help you out. Like I had somebody help me out last year. And uh, he, he's like, he didn't really get back to me. And he didn't really understand what I was providing him. I was providing him with a stylist. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he got this woman who's on his team to go out with him and they found him some nice clothes. But I, I called him up after. So that was all like on text message. I called him up after and I said, you know, I just thought I'd tell you, you're perfect the way you are. You are the way you are. Mm-hmm. And if you are going to show up in these professional pictures in a suit, that is not who you are. Yeah. Who you are is how you show up every day and it's going to come through eventually. So you just got to succumb to being who you are. And he goes, you know what? That's why I love you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I still get the photos, but yeah, you're, you know, you're making me feel good about myself. But I think you just have to, maybe that's why you haven't had a difficult client because you just are understanding of them. Well, they, they start to express who they really are rather than me as a stylist saying, well, your skirt needs to be this length and you can't show your, your shoulders after 50 and, you know, you have to wear turtlenecks or, you know what I'm saying? There's so many style rules and they don't serve us. They, they end up putting us into a straitjacket and making us become who we're not which is why we have this angst around clothing in the first place is because we've never really been encouraged to dress who we really are. Well, my daughter has a great sense of style. It's very weird. Like, I don't know where she got it from. It wasn't me. Yeah. She just knows how to put an outfit together. And here I am, I'm 56 wearing, I'm showing my shoulders. The same here, and I'm 57. <laughs> and you look fab. So do you. Thanks. <laughs> you know what's uh, the other thing? Uh, so I have been wearing different glasses. Do you want me to show some of them to you? Sure. Okay, hold on. So I found. So I found over the years that I was trying to find out what my personal style was in terms of my color for branding and stuff. So I went with red. Oh, beautiful. Aren't those fun? Yeah. They're progressives. So like they're for reading. Yeah. Then um, I got another pair that were flat, more flat looking, um, which I can't find right now. Anyway, and then I went to these ones. Yeah, those are great too. Aren't they? They're a little wider. Yeah. And then I think I found my Odyssey over five years. The perfect glasses. Yeah, those are the best, hands down. Your face lights up when you wear them. It's funny how, um, how glasses reflect who you are. Mm-hmm as a person. Yeah. I would say, Jane, you love fashion. Uh, yeah, I, I just, it's funny. It's like, I'm so frugal. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, I bought this for my daughter because I thought it would be really cute. <laughs> that is cute. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do like fashion. I like the I like the I like the expression of people's personalities, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is that is the most powerful thing about style. We call it fashion, but that makes it a very superficial thing. Style is actually a very, very powerful tool for business success. And it's amazing because when, when you really tap into it and really express who you are, it, it creates such, a, such an impact in your business. Like some of the clients that I'm working with, they end up increasing their income by 300%. A lot of them end up meeting the loves of their lives and, and getting married. Like it, it just unleashes something mm. that has really been stuck within them for a long time. And style, expressing yourself freely is, is that, is that um, magic potion, let's say, that unlocks the key to what, what has been lying dormant inside mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think that um one of the things about being uh, in a leadership position is being very consistent in your style because mm -hmm. people come to expect your behavior and your look to be consistent over time um and so you know, dressing the part for what, uh, for what you expect things to be, but also just understanding like who you are as a person and showing up authentically is so important because if you show up inauthentically, it shows. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Keith Richards. Um, you know, like you can immediately bring up an image of Keith Richards, right? The long hair, the velvety jacket, the the tons of chains, kind of a poet style blouse. Let's say you were to encounter Keith Richards on the streets in London and he's got, um, he's got a bow tie on and khakis and a, and a button down shirt and a, and a hoodie. <laughs> what would you think, right? You think, yeah. oh, that's, that's just your gig. It, it loses its, his style loses its impact because he's not showing up consistently and you wonder what's the real persona is it is it that nerdy guy or is it that you know quintessential rock star that's really you know stepping up in a in an iconic sort of a way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my husband has a really strong sense of style as well so he uh even the colors he picks he's very much an autumn like a rust mm -hmm. and browns stuff he has hazel eyes and kind of reddish in his beard and um it's funny uh like if i ever buy him something bright it'll take him a long time before he'll even go there like i bought him a hat that was this color a corona beer hat oh nice and it took him a long time to, to wear it because it, it felt to him like so bold he just has to mm -hmm 
that box. So I think just understanding. Yeah. 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 Hear me? Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time today, but it's been so fun talking style mm -hmm. with you, talking real estate with you. And um, one thing that I think would be so valuable if you're willing to share it with our audience today is that tool that you were that you were talking about. Um, the personality tool? No, no, not the personality tool, whereby, uh, oh shoot, I can't remember it now. It's for your first time or your home buyers, what to look for or. Oh, um, for winning in a multiple offer? That's it, yeah. Okay, I've got, it's kind of corny because it was one of my first videos, but I'll, I'll uh, put it in the chat for you and then you sure. can share it out. Or do you want me to text you? Well, I'll share it with, with the video. Like I'll put it in the description box. And where, where can people find you on your website, Jane? Um, so I have a couple of different resources. So one is uh, they can go to vancouverislandtime.com and that talks about neighborhoods and uh, you meet people who live in the neighborhood. So they're not interested in selling to you. And they're also local entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I have Briar Hill Group, which is more real estate focused, just like buying and selling. And it has videos, tips and tricks. And then I also have a YouTube channel, Jane Johnston, and um, it has videos. So we do a, a market update every Monday. And we talk about um, uh, real estate, and what's going on. So it could be technology, it could be uh, the beginning of the month is a market update. And then um, we do the statistics every week and then we talk about what it's like to be a realtor. So that's kind of an interesting like channel. So I will, if you Google Jane Johnston multiple offers, that video will come up. Okay, perfect. Well, like I said, if anyone is interested in looking up Jane's free offers, I will include that in the in the description box below. And Jane, is there one final note of um, or one final tip that you want to leave the audience? Just be yourself. Amen. Embrace yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, and have fun. Yeah. Again, thank you so much, Jane was such a pleasure to connect with you again today. Yeah, you're welcome. And good luck with the purchase of your home. And um, I can you. see you're looking great and um, you look happy. Very much so, very much so. And so do you. <laughs> Thanks for Thank watching you everyone. Thanks for having me.